Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. So, here we are again. We've gone back to the future in just a few short months. Apparently, there will be a Brexit dividend after all. And Prime Minister Theresa May is promising another £20 for the NHS after we leave the European Union every single year. Not only has she been drinking the Kool-Aid, but it would seem she's been in the Kool-Aid laboratory cooking up her own brand of hallucinogenic nectar. No one, including people in the Treasury, believes the story. But, of course, the Labour Party's response was to say it wasn't enough and they promised even more hypothetical money. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's not a race to the bottom here. Are they all going to put our taxes up? Is there any point throwing money at the NHS? And what is Theresa May really up to? We'll get to the bottom of it all. Katie Perrier is here and of course she was uh, for a very long time the close advisor to Theresa May inside Downing Street. 0344 499 1000. Also coming up we'll be finding out why the police have given up solving 19 out of 20 burglaries in this country and how parking fines are now being handed out to people who take more than 10 minutes to buy a ticket. Oh, and there's an England game going on a bit later on as well. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Casey Perrier on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Jenny, who's in Milton Keynes. Hi, Jenny. Oh, hello, Mike. Hi, Jenny. What would you like to tell us, Jenny? Right, it, it's about the NHS. Now, do, do forgive me if my voice cracks, because I hate speaking on radio. Okay. I'd rather do a text. Well, take, we take, we'll take your time. Um, because we will, we will be very, very kind to you. The twenty billion is um, one of these hypothetical things, mm. and it's not a proposed figure or anything like that. It's all to do with borrowing. That's exactly what it is. Mm. She's going to raid the magic money tree, and uh, the twenty billion is nothing more than what's set up for foreign aid. Yeah, a certain amount has got to be spent within a year. So the NHS is getting £20 billion a year. Right. So what, what do you think of the announcement, Jenny? Do you, do you believe in it? Do you think that it's, no, it's the right thing and to do? And also, um, there was some male person um, speaking about the £20 billion, that we have announced this beforehand um, to give doctors and nurses and other people involved... Um, time to decide where this is best spent. Mm. Um, no no administrators involved or something like that. Right. But they're very clever in their use of words. Well, they, they are, because you're absolutely right to say it's hard. Administrators and administration. Yeah. You've got to have a record somewhere of how that money is spent. Mm. But don't you think, Jenny, that we are now in such a place that actually 
we as members of the public don't actually believe politicians when they say anything anymore. We don't believe that they that they mean it. We don't believe that they've got the money. We don't believe that they even care what they're no. saying because they'll 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 tell you in two years time. Oh well, what what I really meant was this, and it was something completely different. Well, Theresa May's done this a long time. Mm. Strung us levers along. Right. And I did think at one at one point that. Um, I mean, this is pure conspiracy theory that um, all this money that was going to be doled out to everybody mm. was really going to be a raid on the divorce bill. Yes, well, and, it may well um, it may so, well yet be that. I mean, we still don't know really what the, uh, the the deal, if there is going to be a deal, is going to be where whether we're going to be paying any more money to the European Union, how long for. You know, I mean, the last time I heard heard a conversation about paying money to the European Union, it was about us continuing to pay them for about another 20 years. Yes, and also she wants these opt-back-ins. Right. Like the Galileo. Mm. Um, oh, what's that other one? Erasmus. There, there's, there's all sorts of things, yeah. like giving money to universities. Are you worried, um, uh, Jenny, that this Brexit thing is not going to be the one that you voted for? Yes, it, it definitely won't be. Mm. It definitely won't be. Not when you've got people um, who are elected... Uh, to Westminster, and uh, who are trying to... They say they don't want to overturn Brexit. They do. Dominic Grieve, we call him Dominic the Aggrieved, mm. um, here. Jenny, who and, do you think should replace Theresa May, then, if you don't think she's capable of delivering the Brexit that you voted for? The trouble is, who would you pick? Mm. Because they swap, they swap allegiances... Um, like a load of feudal warlords. So you don't trust any of them in, no, in that don't. case? I don't trust any and what of about them. the Labour Party? Do you think that they're any better? No. Gosh. I don't think any of them are. And that's the problem that we're in, isn't it, really? Because no one can think of a better alternative right now. Yeah. That is the problem, isn't it? Jenny, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Jenny there from Milton Keynes uh, saying that she's not at all happy about Theresa May's promise of more money for the NHS. And I think regardless of your positioning on Brexit, I think that's most people's kind of um, take from this. They don't really believe a word that she says. Well, I hadn't heard that from anyone before. And Jenny made a really good point there about the fact that there's a divorce bill still looming. Yeah. No one quite knows how much it's going to be no. or how we're going to pay for it. No. If people start to think that the money the is going to be taken from us, be. thinking it's for an NHS yeah. kind of down payment for future services, yeah. and ends up there mass- there's being a massive, massive divorce bill, yeah. quite rightly, members of the public will start to think, well, what am I paying for here? Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, as we see uh, quite often in Europe, with Michel Barnier looks across the, the, the pond and sees that uh, Theresa May's politicking again uh, with her own party and with her own electorate, but without really any um, kind of care. Uh, or worry about what the European connection is going to be, they're going to go, you're not going to have that. You're not going to get, you're not going to get that. You're just talking nonsense. And it just makes her look even more stupid, I think, in their, in their eyes. Oh, what's really sad about this whole thing is that when I went into number 10 back in uh, June, July 2016, you know, her, her speech on the steps of number 10 mm-hmm. about the just about managing, about those people yeah. that are working really hard, they're law abiding. They are what I consider to be, you know, the ma- large majority of the people the that listen to this radio station every the country, day. Yeah. They are the backbone. They're often people that are employing others, you know, they might have five, six, eight, nine, ten people within their companies. 
Yeah. Not massive outfits, but really, really running good, good amazing businesses that are providing jobs and wealth and prosperity to others. They are abiding by the rules. They were hoping for something so much different from this government. Mm. They were hoping for better services, improvements across the board, and uh, looking out for people that are law-abiding and are trying to do the good thing by the right thing by their children. And that is just a, such a wasted opportunity. So whatever happens with Brexit now, and what happens, whatever happens moving on, that promise has not been materialised, and that's probably one of the most upsetting things of all. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. We'll take more of your calls on this. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hey, by the way, you see there's a government advisor joining Love Island. I know you don't oh, watch it. Oh, leave it out, the government advisor. I think she's 21 years old. She doesn't look like the government few... advisor I've ever seen. <laughs> Nothing personal. Thanks. I didn't mean that about you. I did not mean that about you. Whatever. I was talking about that woman whose name we don't mention, actually. Yes, really. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, no, she. I think she was a junior advisor. And uh, she's lovely. And she looks lovely. And I hope she does very well on a yeah. programme that I don't watch because I'd rather eat my own arm. <laughs> I love that. I'd rather eat my own arm. I'll tell you what I'd rather eat my own arm than do, and that's to go on an ancient train on a sort of gin trip, right? Apparently all these people up in Norfolk decided it would be a great idea to get on a train uh, which was only going to serve gin. Um, It was going to cost them £100. They were on it for 45 minutes or so. I don't know how much gin you can drink in 45 minutes. Uh, You go up one way, you come back the other way, uh, you were sitting with like-minded gin drinkers. I mean, what's wrong with just going to the pub and having a gin and tonic? Or going to Sainsbury's and buying a bottle of gin and going in your back garden. Because I yeah. tell you what, you can buy a lot of gin for 100 quid. Well, you can. A lot of gin. But apparently they were all upset that it didn't go well. Apparently the train was too hot and they didn't have enough tonic. Right. So, did, but didn't have it's that posh tonic. First world problems. Have you ever been offered loads of yes. posh tonic? In fact, we've, I think we've tasted it in here. It's so expensive. And they sell it in that pub down the road. It's because we're in it's, Southwark. It's really, really expensive. Mm. So, you know, it's not it's not unheard of now. Someone to say, would you like some fever tree? And what one would you like? Is it with elderflower? That's it, isn't it? Fever Is it with tree. Pear? It's very nice, though. It's very nice. But I don't want four quid on top of the price of the gin in the first place to, for a gin and tonic. So why does a gin and tonic now cost seven or eight pounds? Because it's got fever tree in it. Yeah, well, Just I'll tell you what. Just give me Gordon's. And some regular tonic. Don't yeah. care if it's from Sainsbury's. Yeah. And that's done with it. Why don't you just get a Sainsbury's gin while you're at it? Why not? Nothing wrong with it. You're a peasant. You've got peasant. to be. A, you, you can't be a peasant about gin. Go to a bar and they're off you all sorts we've now. Got, we've got a guy coming on who's known as the Gin Lord, right? His real name is Rory Fairs. Rory, very right. good morning to you. Hi, Rory. Good morning. Now, was that sacrilegious talk from my colleague Katie here, who used to work in Downing Street? <laughs> she wants to drink supermarket brand gin, for heaven's sake. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with oh, that. Oh, see. Market gins have won. You uh, sure won you're 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 just you're pretending <laughs> to be the gin lord? Eh? It's won awards. Listen no. to the man, for God's sake. Go on. Not so. I mean, yeah. To be polite, to say uh, some of the supermarket gins are actually rather good. They've, they've won some awards, but at the same time, there are some very very expensive ones out there. So it's always a case of is that really worth it? Yeah. Where does the price point come in? And that event you were just talking about. Uh, so I was just sort of following it up the. the the car crash on social media this morning. Yeah. I guess that just goes to show that, um, you know, particularly something that's been, it's incredibly popular at the minute and it can be very easy to uh, to be ripped off. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, we were likening earlier to a story we did some months back about a cheese festival that all these sort of numpties signed up to and it was basically go to a nightclub, be given loads of pieces of cheese, be charged <laughs> loads of money for it and then it turned out they didn't have any cheese. I mean, you know, if you're that stupid... Honestly, you probably shouldn't be allowed out on your own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, to be fair, there are some very good kind of gin experiences and things at bars, but I just my thing is just do your research. Have they done an event before? Have they done any events before? Because right. it's very 
easy for it to go wrong. Events are so hard to put together, especially when you're charging people that sort of money. Yeah. People are going to expect a hell of a lot. Well, so, exactly. Uh, I'm not where, did this, where did this kind of new gin craze come from, Rory? Because it's it seems to me that it's been relatively recently, last sort of two or three years, that, that I've gone into bars and suddenly there's loads and loads of different sort of craft gins, many of them apparently distilled in Scotland, bizarrely enough. Um, and there's entire gin bars that are opening up. I mean, where does it all come from? Yeah, I gin's a really interesting category because it's so versatile. It's only really definitioned by a couple of things, which isn't really governed. So the reason it's exploded is unlike whiskey and things like that that have a real kind of defined process and mm. ingredients and time, gin doesn't necessarily have that. So while juniper's got to be the main flavour, you can put anything else in it. And I think that, uh, you know, there's sort of 300-plus distilleries now in the UK, 1.5 billion um, uh, sales uh, for the last 12 months. So it has just gone absolutely crazy. So, and of course, with that, comes a lot of people wanting to jump on that, you know, the cash cow, the bandwagon, and organising such events. Right. But it is incredibly popular, and it's it's still got a few few years left to go, without a doubt. Right. I mean, I can't ask you probably what your favourite gin is, but I got a nice one um, actually sent to me in a, a, a Harvey Nichols hamper uh, last Christmas, and it was a damson, damson gin. It was sent by somebody appreciating what I do, unlike you. Um, it was a, a damson gin, which was lovely, really nice. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, the the sort of the fruit ones or the pink gins are massively, massively popular. I like the ones they sell in John Lewis, <laughs> Edinburgh Gin. It's got rhubarb and oh, elderflower so and stuff in oh, it. What happens to Sainsbury's gin? What's happened to that one? Well, you know, depends on what time of the month it is, isn't okay. it? Beginning of the month, you can buy the posh stuff. Okay. End of the month, it's sent back to the supermarket. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yeah. Is it still known as Mother's Ruin, though, Rory? Because it always was the drink that you could drink without, a bit like vodka, without sort of giving away any sort of scent, if you know what I mean. If you drink to the tonic, you can still go back to work after a long lunch and nobody knew you'd had a drink. (laughs) Obviously, it's a spirit at the end of the day. But the Mother's Ruin thing, it seems to have, uh, that goes back years and years and it hasn't got the greatest of uh, connotations to it. But it's it's just becoming the in thing to drink, or has become, sorry, Mm. I should say, the in thing to drink. And uh, I guess my kind of role in the world at the moment is just educating people a little bit more and not to fall into these traps. And is it, is it an international kind of thirst for it that we have, or is it just in Britain that people are going gaga for it? No, Spain is mass, absolutely huge Spain. Spain. Oh. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Australia is becoming really, really popular, but because, uh, because it's becoming so, so and we're only, the, I think we're the fifth with the last, the fifth highest consumers of gin in the world. Uh, believe it or not, the Philippines are the top, but that's just a... Uh, uh, I never quite understand that one, but um, but yeah, they're, they're popping up all over the world. South Africa and Brazil are really up and coming in some new gyms that they've got because they've got incredible kind of new flavours that no one's had before. Right. So um, yeah, it's exciting. And do you do a sort of a gin tour of your own? Do you do a kind of gin tour in London or something? Yeah, I do. I do um, sort of gin tasting experiences, so I'll kind of get five or six gins and sit with people in a bar or a restaurant, and or even a radio time. studio. Or in a radio studio. Get him in. Yeah, we were thinking we should do a gin tasting. We haven't done one. We've done cocktail tastings. We've done wine tastings. We've done champagne tastings. It's time to do oh, a gin one. Do a gin tasting then. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'll happily come and do that. But yeah, just it's just uh, you know I'll have a bit of a range. I'll have some wines that you can get fairly easily, and then some maybe some unusual ones. But it's a good opportunity for people to kind of try before they buy. 
Because like you say, like with their 30, 40 quid a bottle and you end up not liking it, it's not great. <laughs> Rory, will you do me a favour and you bring in a cheap one and persuade Mike that it's a really expensive one. He'll buy it, hook, line and sinker, and Eat. then we'll be able to prove Eat. him wrong. You're suggesting that I'm yeah, some no, kind I've, of idiot. Yeah, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've done a couple of um, blind case things and sometimes that is the case. Sometimes yeah. people just prefer See, the, the standard one. Well, so, do you know uh, what? That's uh, one thing I can attest to being an expert in is alcohol, okay? So what I can tell you <laughs> is right, every time on. we've done it with, with, with wine... I've I've been pretty good at picking the wine, not only from which country it is, but what grape it is. Ooh. Right? I don't like oh. the expensive ones, so, do I? Uh, no, you don't I know don't what know. the expensive wine is. <laughs> You've never had anything more than four ninety nine from whatever. Asters. Anyway, whatever. listen, uh, we'd be delighted to ha- to have you in, Rory, and uh, we we'll leave you in the capable hands of Chloe, who can arrange it for you. Come educate us on oh, gin. Yeah. And uh, what's your what's your preferred mixer? Because after that conversation we just had about you know the very expensive tonic water, I mean, what do you prefer to put into gin? Yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, do drink it on its own over ice. Yeah. That's probably not for everybody. But, um, yeah, I mean, tonic's a funny one because gin's become so popular, as has now tonic. So you go into any supermarket and you've, you've got other kind of premium tonic, tonics trying to compete with fever tree. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for me, I would always go for the lower um, sugar content. Yeah. Especially now the sugar tax, the price of tonic's gone up. So the low the lower sugar ones, and that, by doing that, actually get to taste the gin a little bit more as well. Is that like the slimline sugar. stuff? Not yet. It's not, it can't be called slimline because it still does have sugar in, but like fever tree is naturally light, or um, you know some of the other ones, they've got like a lower sugar version. I just, I just think they're better. They've got less sugar in, and they taste really nice. Right. But if you don't like a lot of times when you say to people about gin, they go, oh, I don't like gin. A lot of times it's tonic that they don't like because they've got a historic moment of drinking a you know, a Schweppes and uh-huh. something or and that kind of thing. But Schweppes have launched a new range now, which is really, really good. Um, but, you know, soda water, ginger ale, um, for those who you just saying about the elderflower um, liqueurs and stuff, use Prosecco, top out of Prosecco. It's like, it's amazing. It's, it's a nice sort of summer gin cocktail there. So um, there's loads of alternatives. You don't just have to have, to have uh, tonic, but, uh, yeah. Okay, fascinating stuff. Well, we'll see you soon, Rory. Thanks very much indeed. Rory Fair's there, uh, a.k.a. the Gin Lord, uh, which is a great name. It, is. it, it is. sounds like the Dark Lord, doesn't it? It sounds like something. Do you know that, uh, I'm sure you know this anyway, but uh, other people may not, uh, that gin and tonic was a kind of drink invented in the colonies by the, the, the sort of those uh, passing around the British Empire and the power of all that in India and uh, South Africa and all of that because the quinine in the tonic actually kept away the mosquitoes and it stopped you supposedly from getting malaria. And the quinine is what gives it that kind of bittery taste, you know? I didn't know that at all. Mm. Yeah, well, there you go. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Loads of tweets here. One, of course, from somebody called Bill, I think, uh, referring to the news yesterday that came out that Mr David Dimbleby is no longer going to be presenting question yes. time. After 25 years, he's finally going to hang up his uh, microphone and uh, and stop doing it. Very I think in, exciting. Just before, this, uh, just before Christmas. Now, everybody's saying, you know, is it going to be Kirsty Young? Uh, is it going to be Jeremy Vine? Or is it all the usual suspects? I mean, you can imagine the BBC this morning is inundated with uh, various people. Who, oh, I didn't know you were coming in today. No, I no, quite I just like that I'd... young lady, Emma. Barnett. I think she's do very... You? Yeah, I do. I quite like well, her. Well, she's a very ambitious young woman. She, she may well find herself there, but she I prefer is. the choice that we made earlier this morning. Julia Hartley Brewer, I think, would be brilliant. She would be great. She would be fantastic. But they won't have her, though. And well, why? Because, well, she's, because too she's, opinionated. she's too opinionated, too Which right Which is why we love her on this station. Well, exactly right. But she's I mean, it's, I mean well everyone right seems day. to be fairly sure it might well be a woman, that they'll take the opportunity to turn I think. Yeah, I think the BBC will struggle if they I don't hope they don't make it Kirsty Walk. Yeah. she's in the frame as well, apparently. Um, I like Kirsty Young. Kirsty Young's okay. Quite well, like she does her. Desert Island Discs. She though. had a great raw wedding. I think she's a bit she's too very soft. Well. Though. She thinks she's too, too soft, soft for the program. For time, I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Who knows? But I tell you what, prepping uh, politicians for uh, getting ready for question yeah. time is a real art. Right. There's a massive art to it. Mm. And a whole Some team, are obviously better at it than others. A whole team goes in to, right. to prep. It's a full on thing. It's yeah. a good, massive document you have to yeah. go through. Right. And, you know, they're all kind of co- coordinated. Yes. So. You know, I mean, are there absolute do's and absolute greens. don'ts that you tell everybody, yeah. don't ever do this? Don't repeat the question. Yeah. Don't start pulling out the audience member and right. start abusing that one person right. because you look like a bully and the whole rest <laughs> of the crowd will start turning on you. Yeah. Uh, and don't play That's for the, great. you know, play for the claps, but don't get frightened if you don't get any. Right. So um, uh, nothing, they hate, they really, really hate it. The audience hate it. People hate it at home when you give such stock answers mm. and it's just waffle. Yeah, but sometimes Total waffle. politicians don't know how to do anything else, do they? No, they just get to the point. Yeah. So my job was always to get five minutes of rubbish down yeah. to ten seconds. Right. It's harder than it looks. That's a hard job. That is a very hard job. I don't envy you at all. We're going to talk to Tom Stainer in one second, uh, who is from Lonely Planet. Let me just read you this from Mr. Mac. My local pub has over 20 gins, including rhubarb and Palmer violet gin. It's gone crazy. They even have flavoured vodka now, lime, red berry and pineapple, amongst others. Everything is something else these days, including this in the local off-licence, and it's Jack Daniels' Tennessee Cider. You know, the world has gone mad. I mean, somehow, at one point or other in our history... You know, all these manufacturing companies decided, let's forget about what we actually make and let's make loads of other stuff. Yes. And that'll so look, at, di- look at Cadbury's. That'll dilute with what we... With Oreo, yeah. with kind of every other product in the sun, yeah. under the sun. Yeah. Cadbury's what now sell to, bars. What to just fruit and nut and, and whole nut? My favourite. That's good enough for me. Exactly. In fact, I got a bar of fruit and nut for Father's Day. Yum. Greatest present I could ever have. I love it. No problem at all. And a very nice tea towel from Borough Market. Tea towel? A tea towel from Borough Market. I'm going to hang it up. I'm going oh, to make nice. Because it's like a make painting. Make it art. It's like a painting. I got a George Michael tea towel once. I intend to hang that up. Why? Because I like George Michael. George Michael tea towel? Yeah. What does it say on it? It's not. It's a, it's a silhouette. Ah. It's, it's quite cool. I like it. Does it say I want your sex I've got, or anything? I've it? got... Oh, no. Thank God for that. that. Um, I've got a rug on the, the wall at home of the Queen. 
Yeah. So, you know, I like hanging things on walls. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Fair enough. Let's talk to Tom Stainer because he's a man that can tell us all about what's going on in Magaluf. Tom, a very good afternoon to you. Hi, Tom. Hello there. Sorry to keep you waiting for all that mad rambling. Um, What's going on in Magaluf? Because we're told that the uh, the sort of the young, drunken uh, British brigade are no longer wanted. Well, yeah. So Magaluf has been trying to smarten up its image over the last few years. Um, they launched a five-year plan um, a couple of years ago to kind of smarten up the resort, improve its reputation. And there's been a whole raft of measures they've put in over the last few years to try and stamp out antisocial behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years ago, they banned drinking in the street during daytimes, for example. You know, they banned jump, jumping from balconies, which was a bit of a craze. Um, and really? The latest thing, You're joking? Yeah, the, the well, latest, into, presumably into a swimming pool. Yeah, so I I think uh, uh, holidaymakers uh, these days after a few drinks like jumping from balconies into swimming pools, which is obviously really dangerous, and uh, Magaluf banned that um, recently. The latest thing they've done just right now is to um, end the... Um, the sale of free alcohol, and right. that includes um, those all-you-can-drink-style inclusive deals. Right. Um, so that's the latest measure, but actually it's just the latest in like a long line of, uh, of, of, of measures that have been put in place over yeah. the last few years. But, I mean, for a lot of people, those all-inclusive-type holidays where you get the old wristband and you can go up to the bar and have 25, you know, pina coladas before 10 a.m., uh, I mean, that's sort of been the lifeblood of, of, of places like Magaluf, hasn't it? I mean, how confident are they that they can change the image of it so that, I mean, people, because people certainly over 40, I would say, who might have been to Magaluf when they were young, will always assume that's what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, Magaluf has built up a, a reputation of being like that. And I think the uh, the resort just really wants to start to try and change its image. They want to reach out more to couples, um, young families. Um, so there's been a lot going on in the destination to try and um, kind of um, smarten up their offering. So they're opening uh, a lot of high-end hotels. Um, they're flagging up different kinds of holidays that people might want to take in um, in Magaluf as well. Um, and I guess also there's the issue that while in the past a lot of people um, have loved those kind of um, all-inclusive holiday experiences, um, with the, the younger generation, millennials, um, that isn't necessarily the type of travel experience that those younger holidaymakers want. So maybe it's also a case of the um, of the resort responding to that change in, in what people want from their holidays too. And of course, they're trying to kind of almost rename the place Calvia Beach uh, because it's the main area there and the mayor there has basically been pushing saying, look, the behaviour in the strip uh, has to be controlled, but also the area around the strip is being redeveloped at quite a pace. And, and mm. holiday makers that are going there now are saying that every couple of years when they go, they see more and more hotel developments of the you know, upper end, the more expensive kind of hotel rooms and uh, you know mm. five-star treatments and things like that, not uh, associated to the strip. Do you ever foresee a time whereby the kind of grittier end of Magaluf will go completely? Well, you know what? It's really hard to say exactly what's going to happen because um, everything that's happening in Magaluf at the moment is part of a, a broader kind of five-year plan, which I think they launched in 2015. So I imagine that they're hoping to kind of change the resort's reputation, you know, um, 
for the better by maybe a couple of years from now. So it's really kind of hard to see exactly where this is going to go. But obviously, they're making big strides to try and improve things. And if you listen to tourism bosses in Magaluf, from what they say, they've already started to improve things and turn the resort around. Um, apparently, they are getting a lot more interest from uh, younger families and couples these days. Um, there's uh, fewer uh, uh, antisocial problems in the area and while I think if you want to go on your traditional um, all-inclusive holiday to Magaluf um, I think there's always going to be a market for that but who knows you know in a few years from now we could be looking at um, at a resort with a very different feel to it. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's always going to be somewhere you can go because I was going to say there must be, I mean, it's a very big part of the British holiday business, is it not? That kind of package holiday, which is relatively cheap and cheerful, but but is absolutely kind of rammed with alcohol and, and the, the promise of a sort of Love Island style experience. Presumably they'll just go to Iron Napa, won't they? Well, you know what, there's, you're probably right. You know, even if um, Magaluf um, does change quite considerably, um, there's probably always going to be places that people can go for that kind of holiday. But, you know, I'm kind of interested in in also thinking about what... um, what a lot of younger holidaymakers want from um, their trips now because, uh, you know, in the past, I think a lot of 18-year-olds, when, you know, they finished their studies or whatever, would want to just go and party in resorts like Magaluf. Mm. And now, um, you know, we've got this uh, millennial generation who um, maybe want something a bit different, you know? Um, people want a holiday that looks great on their Instagram account. Um, people um, are seeking out um, really kind of authentic travel experiences that they can share with their friends. So, Isn't that amazing, um, though? It's an incredible situation that we find ourselves in, Tom. We were just talking about this gin train uh, yeah. that people went on, and it's kind of an experience with gin rather than just having a drink of gin in the pub garden. You know, that you're quite right. People want these experiences so that they can virtually share them with people who can't have the experience, who can pretend that they're having it. It's, an, it's a very odd world we're in now, isn't it? I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess in some ways you could see that as an odd world. It's certainly um, it's certainly interesting. And, you know, we can, you know, with, with stuff like this, we start to see the, the massive um, impact of, of that kind of rise of, of, of an Instagram culture, that kind of thing. I mean, I, you know, I can't say for sure whether that is um, completely to blame for the, the, the demise of... No, but it's like you're saying, thing. people want something that looks good on Instagram. And I think absolutely. you've actually hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, not, an, it's yeah. not enough now to put sort of a picture online of you lying, you know, spark out on the flat on your back, having yeah. had so much to drink that you're comatose. That's not, that's not so cool anymore. It isn't. I guess, you know, maybe 15 years ago, yeah. uh, you know, I guess people might take one of those disposable cameras on their holiday right. and then you might look at the photos afterwards and, you know, probably chuck them in the bin because they'll be rubbish, you yeah. know. But now people want to take that amazing shot that, um, you know, epitomises this beautiful holiday they're having and they want to, to yeah, share, as you say, share that virtually um, online with, with all of their mates. So it's a very different um, world that we're living in, I guess. And, you know, and it's young people that are at the forefront of that. And obviously it's young people that in the past traditionally made resorts like 
Magaluf, um, the the places that, that, they, that they were. They all want to look like millionaires. They all want to look like they're on their big yachts. They're all yeah. drinking champagne all they're day just long. I've got to tell Island. you what, if you've seen the pictures from my holiday, age 20, <laughs> uh, 21 of us all went to Ibiza and I was the youngest one out of the group. Yeah. It would not have been pleasant. I can assure you. You wouldn't want to have put them pictures? on any Instagram. I don't see them. Unfortunately, yes. Every uh. now and then they threaten them. With, <laughs> my, my friends threaten me with right. them. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.